This episode is sponsored by Bombas, the sock company with the mission to be better. Because when you buy a pair, they give a pair to someone in need. Listen later for a code that will get you 20% off your first purchase. A young woman people can't stop talking about. Yo, Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Swift. Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swiftish. This is Ashley. And this is Shelby. And this is a podcast where we talk everything Taylor. And yes. This week it's going to be everything Loverfest. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to go down. Yes. But I mean, people have been listening, they have been loving it. We're so excited. We like. We said a few months ago that we wanted to reach 100 reviews mm-hmm. on iTunes by the end of the year. And I looked yesterday and we were already at like 116. 116. Ah! That is amazing. And we got this really, I loved it, very swiftish review. Uh, Bijou's new. I might be, I don't know. <laughs> don't know how to say Anyone's it. Anyone's guess, really. But they, uh, they, they uh, reviewed us and I love it. It's very Ashley. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Taylor haters getting you down, shake it off, and never grow up to Swiftish. <laughs> These two women are like daylight. I'm so thankful for this podcast. I could never forget that you, it, existed. <laughs> if I did, it would be death by a thousand cuts. Mm. You'll get that. It's nice to have a friend feeling when you listen to Shelby and Ashley. <laughs> I want to hang out so bad, hear all the theories. I find myself laughing so much during the show. I feel like I'm 15. <laughs> These two are super relatable, and I love that they laugh at themselves. Keep this going. Look what you made me do. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for being you forever and always. Your fan. Okay, Ashley, tell the truth. Did you ghostwrite this? No, but did I was you? actually thinking, did you? <laughs> no. It kind of... I did not. It's like we paid someone to write this. <laughs> if someone had to capture our two personalities in one review, this would probably be it. It would be it. So she like or it. he gets us. I know. They get us. I love that people are loving us. Yes. And anyone who wants to leave us a review can do so on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just find our podcast, scroll all the way down, leave a few stars, write us a note, and we'll read it on the air. Yeah. And if you're feeling so inclined to, share with your followers Mm -hmm. on Instagram, Twitter, tag us. Yes. Tell them why you love our podcast. (laughs) Give us love. I know. The best part of a new tour, a new era, is just everyone's frenetic energy of getting to finally meet each other. Or um, connecting over shows and performances and whatever. So it's an exciting time to kind of, be I don't alive. know, connect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be alive. You're right. It is. Well, this week was really exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lot of lows <laughs> with some highs, yeah, right? Depending on your luck. Depending on your luck if- and depending on your spot in line. Yeah. <laughs> you guessed it. We are talking about Loverfest tickets this week. Oh, boy. Okay, what I don't get, we had no, like, usually Taylor or Taylor Swift will post on their story, on their Instagram, Twitter, something, being like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. who's getting their tickets for yeah. Reputation Tour? Who's getting their tickets for, you know, um, Good Morning America? There was no yeah. tickets go on sale tomorrow on Monday. <laughs> there was nothing from them. They were silent. Yeah. All day. Yeah. And then randomly, vote for Taylor PCA. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been weird. It's been strange because Taylor's mentioned 
the Democratic debate. She mentioned mm-hmm. the Little Dust series, but she never came on this week to mention that tickets to her Lover Fest were on sale. And neither did freaking Taylor Nation, yeah. <laughs> except for today. We're recording right. on Thursday, the day that all the tickets go on sale to the general public. I checked my Instagram and there was a story. It was like, hey, lovers, <laughs> tickets go on general sale at 4 p.m. Yeah. I guess they only care about the locals. I don't know. Because those <laughs> tickets are freaking expensive. Yeah, no. I mean, last episode, we it was before tickets even went on pre-sale. And we were trying to guess, like, would Taylor say something? Like, how smooth, seamless would the event be? Like, at least our boost mattered still. Who would be her friends? <laughs> yeah. What? We, I expected maybe Sunday when we got it, because Sunday we got the email. <clears throat> yeah. Like, this is what's happening. You got your text message for your pre-sale code. And I expected along in that email to be like, oh, by the way, here it's going. Here's gonna something. Be. Yeah. Here are her friends. Yeah. Or just, like. Taylor even being like, I'm so excited to see you guys next summer. Yeah. But I mean, I guess she didn't announce, make any special announcements for like the other international performances that went on. So there's not like, there's not like a standard that she had to do it, but it was weird because this is the one where we have no information. Like all those other ones are, are festivals that already existed that Taylor is playing at. Mm-hmm. So they've already been promoted. They're familiar with their... And their festivals. Yeah, Most the international festivals. Yes. Where you know... You already got out. everything. And you this is everything. just like... And tickets were cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these were two stadiums, and they both on Ticketmaster say they start at 7 p.m., which is not a traditional starting time for a festival. Mm. But, you know, we had talked about that. Like, if she was just using Loverfest wet, Loverfest because it sounds so cute, and it's not actually a festival, because I feel like that's what it's what it is. Like, she, I think she'll have maybe one or two openers. And... But she even said she likes festivals. <laughs> yeah. But that's what she didn't say to her. She said yeah. she likes the idea of a festival with, like, the... The lights and just the, the, I don't know, the feels. Yeah. And we also, oh my gosh, there's what? so much to talk about because yeah. we found out like, oh yeah, this is going to be a 360 degree stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no longer like a big epic stadium performance like she's done with 1989. She did with Reputation. It's just like a heart-shaped stage in the middle of the stadium, which of course means she can sell every seat in the house. Except for like three quarters of it, it's going to be Mm -hmm. the whole thing, which is kind of in my mind like two shows and one night. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like halving it. So she's in my mind kind of doing like night one, night two, 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 so four, four, the equivalent of how many people can go. Right. It's that, you know two times I know and it's just like a lot of people are concerned about it because one she was like oh I want to do something that feels intimate like I'm just in the living room with my friends it's like this is the polar opposite of intimacy it's 75 Mm -hmm. plus thousand fans and she's on a little stage in the middle of it and it's like are we going to be able to see her? Like, at some point in the concert, she's guaranteed to have her backside to you, you know? Yeah, and the problem was is that when you when you went online, before, on Sunday night, people were able to, like, see the actual layout of the stadium. Yeah. And you have, like, every single seat, like, available. And then you have a heart-shaped mm-hmm. sta- um, stage in the middle of the arena. And you don't know where's going to be, the, what, what area is going to be the best area to right. sit. Yeah. It's a conundrum. It's so difficult. So what was your ticket buying experience? Oh my gosh. Because you also, I mean, they had told us that boosting mattered. They were like, once you get in the waiting line, it will 
it will you'll be sorted depending on your boost from last era like yep. that's a direct quote from Ticketmaster in the original email the boosts were gonna matter the boosts were gonna matter and, and for you those, over boosted over me yeah and for those who don't know like if they're new they didn't boost last era someone on our Instagram page actually asked like what are boosts <laughs> oh boost, bless your soul I oh, wish I didn't know <laughs> welcome welcome to this so boost last era reputation we had different activities we did every single day for like what two months straight mm-hmm. we could watch all these videos buy merch um you know suggest friends to join the boosting um you know era i guess <laughs> yeah. and so every single activity we did we can get at least i think at least 25 yeah, boosts a day points 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 and i got 4600 and i so i was excited buying tickets last era super like uh-huh. easy i was in and out i got floor seats for like 175 dollars it was great it was perfect but I was nervous because I tried to buy Jingle Ball tickets, like, the Friday before, yeah. and it, no, didn't happen. <laughs> I had, like, 2,000 plus people ahead of me. As soon as I got in, like, the actual, um, you know, I can get tickets, uh-huh. the only tickets left for Jingle Ball were, like, tickets behind the stage that they were selling that had no view. It literally said, <laughs> seat does not have a view. And they That's were, like, amazing. 50 bucks. And I said, no way. <laughs> So I was kind of like, okay, I don't know like how this is going to be. Obviously, more people are going for Loverfest than for Jingle Ball. Right. And obviously, like the stadium can hold more people. Right. So I was just a little bit nervous. But, you know, my friends had decided they wanted to go to night two in Boston. And I had RSVP'd for that. And I was like, okay, I'll get tickets for you guys. And so I logged on. And I don't have a job. So <laughs> I was literally watching TV. I got up at like... 10 o'clock, logged into mm. the waiting room or, you know, whatever, the, the website for my husband because I wanted to, just in case. I didn't know mm-hmm. if I was going to get through. So my husband boosted. I think he had like maybe two, 3,000 boosts. So I had him on one browser and then I opened up Internet Explorer and I logged myself in there. And so it was very interesting to see the difference between mm-hmm. him and I. He had way less boost. I have way more boost. I like, as soon as 4 o'clock hit Eastern time... One person ahead of me went in, <laughs> got seats, got out, but Lance had 2,000 plus people ahead of him and we're just like, it, it just slogging through. Slogging through. He never got through. Then I went on Twitter because mm-hmm. I was like, I got tickets. And people who had like 5,000 <laughs> boosts didn't get through. Like, all the way up to all, like, I think like 10 o'clock at night, they waited in the waiting room, yeah. didn't get through. When they finally did, did get through, platinum tickets were available. And those were like $1,000 <laughs> plus. And yeah. I was just really confused. And I was like, well, I'm happy I got tickets, but mm-hmm. I felt a little guilty. But of course, I was still in that waiting room for LA. <laughs> and I know you were too. Yeah, I know, because they... So the Boston tickets went on sale first, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I wasn't planning on going, but I was like, I'll just go through the process so that the LA one is seamless, because I was curious how it was going to go, and I logged on, and I was like, oh, 2,000 plus in front of me, and I got on Twitter, and it was like chaos, chaos. like 10 minutes into the ticketing process. It was like people were infuriated, stress, like worried, concerned, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. Like it was a dark age on it our... was. And there was someone who had only fourteen hundred boosts. Uh-huh. They got through really, yeah. really quick and then someone else had like five thousand boosts. Someone was like, We used an account and I forgot to log in and I had zero boosts. I got in, I got tickets. And it's just like clearly the boost didn't matter. Which if we had known that ahead of time would have made a lot of people 
feel better, but you just feel a little lied to, yeah. you know? Well, like, so I, like I said, I got on the website at, like, 10 a.m., mm-hmm. um, and then once Boston opened, I, it was, like, 10 minutes till I refreshed, and I said, join the waiting room. I right. joined the waiting room 10 minutes before, because that's what I thought I had to do, and I got in really, really quick, and then I saw everyone freaking out, freaking out, because they didn't do it, and I was just wondering, like, I didn't join the waiting room until, like, yeah. 10 minutes before, like tickets yeah. went on sale and it, it was 30 minutes before that's when like the official waiting room right. opened and I didn't know that <laughs> and those people who are actually in the waiting room didn't get in I know it's crazy I, the only thing I could think of I was like okay our ticket master account is tied to our actual Taylor Swift account as well so could it have been did you buy merch this era if you bought merch this era could that have given you a boost in line I know some people who didn't get tickets though and I'm pretty sure they bought a lot of merch though okay. I just didn't know I didn't buy tons of merch but I was That's just true. I'm just racking my brain like why did I get in I'm having survivor's guilt yeah not really because I'm really happy I got tickets yeah it's a tough pill to swallow right yeah and I think it was crazy. just like an algorithm that didn't work as smoothly as Ticketmaster expected. I don't think it was some secretive, like, Illuminati nonsense. I always assume. Yeah. <laughs> I always assume. I'm like, oh, the, the people got tickets? Yeah. Are we all going to meet Taylor? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the first, first 10 in line. The, fifth, the first, like, 1% are we going to meet Taylor? <laughs> It'll yeah. be you, baby. Oh, yeah. But mm. then both of us were in line to buy LA tickets. Mm-hmm. How was your experience? It was fine. I... I kind of, I, I was on the page early. I don't know if that makes a difference. Not that I was in the waiting room early. I got in the waiting room as soon as possible. Yeah. And then I was in the waiting room. And as soon as the time, like, came, it automatically refreshed. And I was, like, 500th behind. That's but it only good. took, like, it only took, like, mm, 10-ish minutes to get yeah. to the front. They were breezing through. Once you're in, though, the other frustration is that you'll click tickets. And I don't know if this happened to you, but it'll say... These t- a fan already got these, sorry. And so you'll click other tickets. A fan already got these, sorry. And it was just like so stressful because we kept like working backwards, like row by row, and we're just like, give us the tickets. And so finally, as soon as it just went through, we were like, these are it. These are the yeah. ones we're getting. And then to see that the SoFi Stadium charged almost a hundred dollars in fees. It was a lot. It was crazy. Yep. I've never, and, and it I know was, it's because it's a new stadium. But it was also based off of how pricey your oh, tickets were. So jerks. even <laughs> even in Gillette Stadium, tickets prices I think were like I think it might have been like fifty bucks for processing. Right. But then in the LA Stadium, um, I went back in with Lance's account um, to buy some tickets for my friend who couldn't get tickets, mm-hmm. and um, it was like for like really high up mm-hmm. tickets it was like 45 bucks for a processing fee it's and just then crazy the tickets that were really 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 high up i think were like 25 35 processing right. but i didn't run into any of those issues mm. on my own i um i had eight people ahead of me in la and then i got in yeah and then i picked the two tickets i wanted yeah and i checked out <laughs> and no one had stop bragging tickets. ashley <laughs> No, I know. I don't know why I had, like, this seamless experience. I mean, if you were first and second in line, then it makes sense because I think what happened with me is it was, like, oh, 500, and then it went down to 498, but then suddenly it was, like, 200. So it was, like, I think suddenly there were a ton of people in the Mm. purchasing room, and so maybe they had selected those tickets or Or the system was just, like, yeah, yeah, it was confused and couldn't sort through. So what do you think about the prices? 
The pre-sale prices I thought were fine. Like I get people's complaints that like, oh my gosh, these aren't normal prices. Ten years ago, I went to Pitt for $50. Ten and years I'm like, ago. Yeah, mu- music is a totally different industry. Most of these artists' money come from tour. Mm-hmm. Plus, she's playing these huge stadiums, which cost a lot. She has a huge stage crew, everyone to pay. She mm-hmm. has to pay. You know, she rents the stadium, which means she pays for all the food, like people playing and all this stuff. So I like get it. Mm-hmm. I was fine with the fifty to five hundred dollar range, but that's not the fine print. Was that was the pre-sale price? And now the general admission price is much higher. But not only the pre-sale, but when you're in pre-sale, there were still platinum tickets oh, yeah. that were available for $1,000. So platinum tickets, we discussed this all during the rep era. You know, this is, people were wondering what platinum tickets were because they're still, we had this issue when we were getting tickets last concert. Platinum tickets are basically tickets that, uh, it's all based on the demand mm-hmm. and you know, they can go up, they can yeah. go down. The question is... Since they fluctuate, the tickets that I bought night two for Boston were about $250. Mm-hmm. And then now, when I go on and I look at the tickets, they're like $800, $900 now. Yeah. So my question is, the extra money that's going to them, is that money that's going to Taylor or going to Ticketmaster? I mean, I'm sure Taylor gets a cut. I don't think Taylor... But does decides. she get? A, but does she get a cut for how much the tickets are like listed for? Like, say all these rows are supposed to be two hundred fifty dollars. Right. Is she getting a cut of the two hundred fifty dollars, or does she get the cut of the nine hundred? Right. That's the question. I'm sure she has to be involved in the. I mean, it, it's sort of the same thing happened with um, Hamilton, uh, the Broadway show. Lin Manuel Miranda upped the prices, and he's like, "Well, we realized ticket." We realized scalpers were upping the prices, so we want to keep that in the family. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to pay that, then we're going to be the ones who benefited for all the artists, all the people. So I think Ticketmaster well, has a deal with Taylor. I'm glad that you said um, scalpers. Yeah. Because <laughs> all the fans, we have our tickets, right? Yeah. Well, not all of us. <laughs> well, all the fans who have our tickets, you know, Shelby was going into her account. She's not trying to sell her tickets. But she, like, just kind of hovered over mm-hmm. the resale option, yeah. and Ticketmaster said that it's not available for resale. So this is my question. <laughs> there are tickets that are being resold. I know. There are. And it's, yeah, even the even the Platinum, the fact that Ticketmaster can do Platinum, that they can reserve a few of these to then become the scalpers themselves is shady. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, you have these verified fan resale but I haven't seen a single fan who's been able to resell. Yeah, they've well, they haven't been able to resell on Ticketmaster. Right, right, they've right. been able to resell on StubHub right. or um, any other like secondary platform. They mm-hmm. haven't. So this is, I read some posts and I don't really even know if this is true, but basically Ticketmaster had has people has like contracts with scalpers with who bots. who bots who will buy them and they are able to resell them. Who are yeah. these people, these bots, that are able to? I thought a boost away kept the bots away. <laughs> yeah. A boost a day. Sorry. A boost a day. Should have. I mean, that's the frustrating thing. I think it all comes down to is just this experience, this lack of information, this, like, unjustness of um, the experience. Because mm-hmm. fans are have been, like, they tried to do the pre-sale. They tried to do the Capital One. They tried oh, yeah. to do the general public. And it's just, like... 
they're not getting tickets. Oh, no, you can get tickets to general public. Yeah. Let me tell you how much <laughs> they are right now. So there are three tickets. Okay, so if you want to be in Section 340, verified resale tickets are 260 So that's okay. 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 That's Section 300. 300 is Gillette. like the top of a stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, if you want to get, like, where I'm sitting, like I said, it's going to be about 1000 If yeah. you want to go on the, the floor, it's going to be that. It's just expensive now. Mm. Like, yes, general tickets are available, but at what price? Yeah. Because people are not only buying these tickets, they are flying from all all over. Yeah. And they're going to be renting either cars or they're going to have a hotel or an Airbnb. Like, this is going to be right. an expensive trip for people. I know. And I've been hearing nightmarish things about Gillette and how far away it is from Boston and how the traffic is awful. Yep. And there's also a sports game going on at the same time. And so I think people just need to be aware of this. But what do you do? You think Taylor's going to announce more um, U.S. dates? I really hope she does. Really? I you, hope. Okay, but imagine the uproar. Okay, if hold on. Everyone bought tickets and then hold she on. opened one. This is what I, I think. I hope she's going to announce stuff in 2021. Right. That is yeah, what I'm yeah, hoping yeah. because then I'll be like, okay, that's fine. No, if she announces <laughs> more dates, if I like just Loverfest, like, Texas. If it's just Loverfest. <laughs> I will be upset because I probably would have only gone to like maybe Texas and another show. <laughs> okay. I don't okay, know. Ashley. <laughs> but it's just it's cuz not only me but everyone spent all their money. Oh yeah. And how are they going to get that get it back? Like they can't mm-hmm. even resell it on freaking Ticketmaster. Yeah. <laughs> um if she headlines other festivals, I won't be upset. Like if she's right. headlining like Coachella or right. if she headlines ACL, I won't be upset about that. It's more of a fact if she has other lover she fests. opens a stadium yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting a, a, a taste of what it's like to be an international For fan. Because sure. yeah. international fans, they buy tickets to London. They buy tickets to Ireland. They buy tickets to Australia Japan, or Japan. And yeah. they fly. And they get hotel rooms. So they also have all that cost, too. So why do we think we're so special? <laughs> why are we complaining about this? Yeah. Good question. Good question for every Swifty everywhere to contemplate. But the reason why I think she might be doing more, and maybe she won't be announcing more um, U.S. Mm -hmm. Loverfest, but I think she's going to be announcing more international because... Where's London? Mm-hmm. She fr- freaking wrote a song about a London boy, and <laughs> yeah. you know her heart's there. It's not in yeah. like SoCal. I in Australia, Australia, yeah. Ireland, all these places she's been in the past. Yeah, I think that would make sense. But I mean, they warned us these are her only festival dates in the U.S., and it would be so aggravating if she changed her mind. Like, yes, that'd be great for any fan who didn't get tickets. Any fan who could maybe trade tickets, but, like, just the justice of being told one thing and then having your whole world, like, wait, I just did this, 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 Mm -hmm. and this, and Mm -hmm. now you're telling me I could have gone to Nashville? Like, you know, just... Mm-mm. I could have gone to Nashville. Mm-mm. But going off of what Taylor's done so far, we just won't hear from her, so it'll be fine. <laughs> so she's... And also, um, have any male superstars done anything like this? I don't know. Because they don't talk about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's been um, hounding Taylor, being like, oh, she has so much money. Right. Why, is she, why is she doing this? Why is she yeah. doing this? But then I'm like, has... Like, what were the tickets for, like, other shows for, right. like, you know? Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, were they this expensive? Well, I know I mean, Beyonce tickets were pretty expensive for floor seats, too. I guess I don't know, like, 
I know pre-sale prices can be crazy, but I've never, like, tried to purchase. I mean, not pre-sale price. I know general public tickets yeah. can be crazy, but I've never tried pre-sale with, like, other celebrities. I've done Adele. Yeah. And it's pretty great. And I've done Pink. Yeah. But I've never really heard, like, uproar about, you know, ticket prices. And that's the other thing is, like, we don't know what this concert will be like. Like, it could just be an acoustic sort of styled performance. Mm -hmm. Like, a lack of pyrotechnics and lights and action. Because she is on this roundabout stage. How could she have, like, huge, you know, camera work and floor work and all this stuff? And then it's like, wow, I don't know. Like, what am I purchasing right now? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm going to her, I'm going to three of her shows. So yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be a great show. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just really interesting because here in Houston, we have the Houston Rodeo. Mm-hmm. And for the Houston Rodeo, um, we have an NRG stadium. And we have, when you go to these, like at the end of the rodeo nights, you have a performer who comes on and, you know basically puts on like a concert for everybody mm-hmm. and in the middle of the arena they're in like a, a stage that rotates right and there's cam there's like i guess screens on like the corners of the stadium but um i mean if you're close up it's fine but it's not a good concert right it's, it, but it, <laughs> It, it's not rep wise, level. It's like, not rep level. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, I hope she has good acoustics. I hope she has, like, if it's not going to be dancers, I hope it's going to be, like, something to, right. you know, get me excited. Yeah. My, the next two. Because Adele, in her international shows, she had the round stage. Mm-hmm. But it was impossible to see her because yeah. there were, first of all, she had screens around her. Which is great because you can see her face, but that means you lose the actual little thumbnail person in the... <laughs> I mean, but how off, like, how, what's, what's better? The I don't know. or the screens around her? <laughs> Who knows? But it'll be interesting. I mean, we have nine months to see if we hear anything from Taylor. Um, speaking of which, um, we're going to have a segment later on called Should Have Said Nope instead mm-hmm. of Tea Time. But I, <laughs> you had tweeted out of Swiftish Podcast, you had said, oh, in nine months, we're going to, like, this is, yeah, we're going to be seeing Taylor. Something. And I almost retweeted and be like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not pregnant now. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, no, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to tweet that because I can, I know how much hate I would have gotten because uh-huh. people would have been like, oh my gosh, if you have a baby, you should be grateful, you should be grateful for the baby. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, so you hate your unborn child, yeah, Ashley? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I said nope and didn't tweet that. But that's what, that was my first thought. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, what if I'm pregnant right now and I don't know yeah. about it? Uh-huh. You can't, you can't fly. You can't resell. Uh-huh. You have to drive out there. I'll just give our tickets away Do to our trip. fans. <laughs> so they're all yeah. hoping I'm pregnant right now. Yeah, but um, Taylor might not have been talking about Loverfest, but she was having a grand old time at Mm -hmm. a tiny little desk. And 300 people were having a grand old time with her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 300 people. And we talked about tiny desk last week. Yeah. We knew that it happened, but we hadn't been able to actually see it. Yeah, so she did her four songs. She did um, Lover, uh, The Man, All Too Well, and Death Death by a Thousand Cuts. Cuts all acoustic mm-hmm. um did you like it did you have yeah. a good time watching? i loved it it kind of gave me you know the reminiscent of you know me watching it in my living room you know if i was at that concert right really intimate and mm. she had said that she wanted to kind of give us a an insight to how you know what she actually used yeah. to write the song so on the piano on the guitar you know it was really cut back there weren't any dancers it was really mm-hmm. just raw yeah. footage and 
I know. I think that's kind of been her thing this era. Like, she's really... She's just, like, determined to be taken seriously. And so she's wearing suits. And she's performing acoustically. And she's always making comments like, I wrote this by myself. This is how it was when I wrote it. This is how I originally wrote it. Like, I made the music. She's just, like, done with the, mm-hmm. with the like, garbage talk about how she's just a pop starlet who other people write hits for and, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's mm-hmm. like, you have to take me seriously now. You know, so I was at Pure Bar last week, and I didn't know it, but they had made a new playlist. And I walked in, and there was, like, style, like, uh-huh. remix style was going on. And I just thought it was, like, a, a song, just one song that they were right. playing before class. And then another one came on. And nice. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I'm, like, stretching out, and then I'm hearing people talk about... Um, all I hear is like, oh, yeah, you know, I liked her when she wrote her stuff. <sighs> and then I heard people, like, continue talking. And then I, I like, kind of leaned over. I was like, hey, are you guys talking about Taylor? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And then I, like, brought up, I had my water bottle, my Stella <laughs> McCartney water bottle. I'm like, I look at, I love Taylor. And they're like, yeah. And then um, what was playing on when they were talking was You Need to Calm Down, like a remix version. And I was like, oh, I was, I was like, have you guys listened to her new album? It's so great. And they're like, oh, I'm like, you know, her singles are so much different than the whole album as a whole. It's like, it's amazing. She, like, had a, had a hand in writing all of it. And, you know, they kept on saying, you know, I missed when she wrote her songs. Mm-hmm. And I want to be... And it, it, class almost started. I could have given a TED Talk on Taylor. <laughs> but I was like, no. Like, she did read... She did write Speak Now by herself. No help at all. But she's had a hand in writing all of her stuff. And right. I love how adamant she is about, I wrote Lover by myself. I wrote this by myself. Yeah. I wrote this with this person. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people still don't think she writes her music. Oh, it's so aggravating. Ugh. Ugh. It is so aggravating. Yeah. But what was your favorite performance? Oh, I would say, you know, I really liked the man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had some sass. Had some good sass. old guitar. And Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah, Death by a Thousand Cuts was my favorite. I'm a sucker for lover. Uh-huh. But Death by a Thousand Cuts, it's just, when you just, like, break it down, yeah. it's just, oh, I love how she can still tune into like, those emotions. She loves like, it, too. Breakups, <laughs> and it's, you know, like, even though people are asking her, uh, you know, a few years ago, I'm like, what are you going to do when, like, you're happy? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I'm glad that she had said, like, not only, it wasn't only the movie. Right. That inspired her. It was books. It was people's, um, you know, breakups. I'm, I'm sure maybe Jack Antonoff's breakup yeah. probably had a spin in it because she was saying she had some friends go through breakups yeah. during that time yeah well, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah no I think it was great to see her have a little bit fun talking about yeah. it um it was interesting when she sang all too well she changed mm-hmm. the lyrics a little bit she instead of saying I remember it all too well in the end she said you remember it all too well yeah which is great she passes the buck a little bit and she's like I'm over this, but he probably isn't. Like, I'm over this. My fans aren't over <laughs> yeah. this. Um, this yeah. is, and I love how like it was her favorite song, and mm-hmm. she didn't think that it would be get, getting the reception yeah. that it she had. Tasteless. I don't know. She has such little faith in us. She does. She's like, oh, these losers will probably just stand, stay, stay, stay before they even listen to All Too Well. Like, no, we all lo- loved All Too Well too much. Yeah. And I liked how she was saying that she doesn't Google herself, like ever and then she's like but my dad does and then she was saying that her dad sends her stuff and at first I was like 
oh no, what does he send her? I hope he sends her like good stuff. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I don't know. He's like, hey, they could think you're racist. <laughs> well, I don't know. It might be like, hey, just let you know this is oh, yeah. this is out this there. This is a scandal. People hey. think you're in love with your best friend. Yeah, you know, they I don't know. They caught you making out. I have no idea. Yeah. But you seem to censor you, like all the nice stuff, like yeah. her songs ranked and all too well. So you, always, almost always. Yeah. Number one. Now lover's out. I don't yeah. know what's going to. Speaking of ranking, though, just a side note, yeah. um, someone came out with a list of Taylor's of ranking the bridges on Lover, the mm-hmm. album, and they didn't clou- count Death by a Thousand Cuts because they said it didn't have a bridge. <laughs> what? Who was this person? It was some small-time little flood magazine. Hmm. They were just like, no, nope, doesn't count. And I'm like, okay, sister, like, let's listen to the Tiny Desk series so you can hear her sing the bridge with great aplomb, you know? Like, yeah. come on, guys. Wow. It was embarrassing. We'll have to get into bridges and, like, rank them and talk about That'd them. That'd be fun. It would be so good. I love a good bridge. You are. Explore you, Bridge City. <laughs> you love Bridge City, and that's what Take Lover... tour. Yeah, that's what Lover had, was that Bridge City, and mm-hmm. she just loved it. And just, yeah. I like how strongly she is about, like, passionate about this song. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed. It's like she's in love or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. But one of the great performances was her rendition of The Man, which is Ooh. lucky for us because that is what we're talking about I this know. week. I it's don't... crazy. And I like that. And I don't know if like, I know she's wearing suits all the time, but then I did notice that like for the first two songs of her set, she was wearing her, her suit top and then she took it off for the last mm. two. And I like, do you think that that was a statement because you know she wore a suit singing the man and then she mm. wore a suit when she sang lover and she was like i wrote the song mm. and then she like took yeah. it off you know during death by a thousand cuts or do you she's think like, she was whatever. just hot over this <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know i don't know. trust taylor's easter eggs anymore i think she's with the with the stamps and stuff i think we maybe gave her too much credit sometimes i'm, I'm not looking at an <laughs> easter egg i'm just looking at like any statements oh right, right, right. like yeah She's wearing suits all the time. Before, like, I don't know, you guys. I'm always looking for something. <laughs> no, I mean, that's highly possible. And I love that she wore that suit. And it was a very cute suit. Mm-hmm. It had it little was. hearts on it. I know. Now that I'm, like, in interview stage, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get a suit that matches just like yeah. Taylor's. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. That'll get you the job. Yeah. Little hearts embroidered on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cute. You're serious, but you're fun. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Uh, but i mean we're first of all excited because we have a sponsor that you might have heard really yeah who's sponsoring us (laughs) we got bombus socks to uh partner with us and we're really excited to tell you guys more about them so kind of legit (laughs) yeah so i listen to a lot of podcasts right I listen to My Favorite Murder, Mm -hmm. I listen to Dear John, I listen to Case File, everything about, you know, these murder (laughs) shows. And one thing that I'm always kind of rolling my eyes at are all of the sponsors. I'm like, oh, are these really... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, are these really, like, good? Are you just just getting paid for it? And one thing, like, when we're exploring, like, who do we want to sponsor us? We really wanted to find someone who, you know, was partnering with the community Mm -hmm. but had good products. Yes. And, you know, I think that's one thing that, like, we found with Bombas Socks. You know, they're comfortable, they're cute, which Mm. is a must. And, you know, they're also changing 
the world one pair at a time. I know. I loved finding out that they found out that homeless shelter's most requested item is socks. And so they decided, well, how can we change this? So one, they managed to develop the most comfortable sock for any activity of any day. But then they decided for every sock purchase, they would donate a pair of socks to a person in need. So far, they've donated over 20 million Mm. pairs and counting. These are all made from super soft natural cotton. Every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe. I'm telling you, the older that I'm getting, like I ran a half marathon. (laughs) And after I ran my half marathon, my arches, like they die. And so when I go to the gym, I've felt that my feet are just hurting. But with these socks, they kind of like... Give a little, like, oomph mm-hmm. in my arch. Mm, yeah. So they, we just got their new merino wool socks, mm-hmm. and they're designed to be breathable, dry, they never itch, and they have just the right amount of thickness, because I have sweaty feet, so they <laughs> soak it all up, but when I take my sock off, it isn't, like, dripping. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You see, everyone has a favorite quality of this sock, so... We're excited to be able to partner with Bombas because right now we have a code for you that you can save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash swiftish. That's bombas.com slash swiftish to save 20%. Yes. So find your favorite pair at bombas.com slash swiftish and give it a try because we know you'll love them. Just like we do. (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's get into this song. Let's do it. Oh, Boy, Oh, Boy, The Man by Taylor Swift. I mean, this is one that she teased originally, Mm -hmm. so we had been excited about it for a while. Yeah, we were wondering, like, okay, so how's it going to sound? Yes. You know, we we got the the sass part of it. Yes. And I was just excited to see what's going to go on with this. Like, she wants to make this statement, and like she said in The Tiny Desk, she was like, I want to, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while. I want (laughs) to make this, but how do I make this, like... Catchy. How do I make it, you know, people receive it well? Mm-hmm. Because you, you can make, like, a feminist song, but she was like, but it has to be has Taylor, like, right. Taylor's mark on yes. it. Yes. And she's been struggling for a while how to do it, and she did it perfectly. Yes. This is a song that has been very well received. I mean, uh, across the board, Hypable mm-hmm. called it essential. Glamour said, every woman needs to listen to Taylor Swift's new song, The Man. Forbes released an entire piece about why this track is the most important song Taylor Swift has ever written, Mm -hmm. saying it's a brilliant portrayal of the subtle and not-so-subtle sexism women face every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Even beyond the, you know, sociopolitical elements, people just love the song itself. The Atlantic said it's the most straightforwardly catchy songs on Lover. Teen Vogue called it fierce. And Mm -hmm. Billboard said it was a complete jam, catchy as all heck. And in another review from Billboard said, it will draw attention for its searing subject matter, mm-hmm. but it's also one of Lover's most complete productions. It's amazing. I can't wait to see it on Loverfest. Yeah. I can't say tour. <laughs> yeah. Maybe tour. I don't know. But this is one that Taylor's proud of, too. Obviously, we just saw oh, yeah. her do the Tiny Desk series with it. Um, the Easter egg and me with the suits. Yes. She's been wearing suits. So this song is definitely like... She's feeling it. She's feeling it. And I'm just wondering if it's ever going to be a single. <laughs> I know. Honestly, okay, I like all love for Easter eggs, whatever. Like layered music videos, cool. I just want a music video of the man where she's acting out like, like Leo in Saint-Tropez, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want like a splashy visually orgasmic like just exciting song where she gets to play the playboy 
And it's just her and a bunch of hunks on yachts and going shopping. I, I thought oh you my meant gosh. that you wanted her to like cross dress <laughs> and literally be Leo. <laughs> I guess that would be fun too, but no. 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 I yeah. just want a fun, sexy, like energetic music video for this. Do you think it'll ever be a single though? And she's teased Cruel Summer to be a Ugh. single, so yeah, I don't know. And I can't, I can't trust anything she's done. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Not at all. I don't know. But, I mean, obviously, with her secret sessions she released, we were able to hear her mm-hmm. thought process behind this, which is something she's echoed in her Spotify notes, in the Tiny Desk explanation, in the Ryan Seacrest interview she had, which was sort of like, this is a thought process where not which what would she have done differently if she was a man, but if she had done the same things, had the same accomplishments, mm-hmm. the same mistakes, same dating history what would have been different in how people perceived her, the headlines that were written about her, and just the perception of her. Which I think is an interesting way, because obviously the idea of a sexism has been explored in music a lot. Often this song is maybe compared to If I Were a Boy by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. But there's they're really just different elements, because Beyonce's exploring sexism in relationships, and Taylor Swift is exploring sexism in reputation. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's a fun one to get into. Yeah, I really, really <laughs> like it. And so, we're kind of just going to go through the lyrics and maybe, like, even pull it apart more than we usually do. Right. More of, like, her past, mm-hmm. and maybe even more, like, our personal experiences and how, like... They really speak to us. Yes, because it's such a good song, and it's obviously so autobiographical. Like, this is just, every line means something to Taylor because she's finally getting to voice her frustration that every woman has ever felt. (laughs) And would you say, before we get into it, would you say that it's maybe, and you can edit this out, I don't know, (laughs) um, maybe it's more towards, like if I was a white, straight male. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's still a lot of privilege in this song. And, like, obviously Taylor Swift is a very successful woman who has benefited from a lot of Mm -hmm. parts. But I think she kind of acknowledges that. And I think this song, you do have to remember, is focused on on sort of her career experience, right? So it's, like, a very unique Mm -hmm. issues she's run into, but it'll be interesting to kind of jump in there. (laughs) Perfect. And I'm reading this week. So this is The Man by Taylor Swift. I would be complex. I would be cool. They say, I played the field before I found someone to commit to, and that would be okay for me to do. Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you. Yes. This is such a good way for her to start out because I think Taylor's number one, like, critique that has shadowed her is like oh she's such a man-eater yeah. oh she just writes big she just breaks these guys hearts and then writes songs about it oh yeah she even said like in a 2016 interview with vogue that like she described herself as being a lightning rod for slut shaming yes and you look back at her in like 2016 i was like slut shaming mm-hmm. like that's not even like i would not have ever thought oh taylor swift's a slut I know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's because she's had these high-profile relationships, but yeah. every celebrity and a lot of male celebrities have had high-profile relationships. Exactly. And for some reason, I mean, for a lot of misogynistic reasons, it's a lot easier to look at a girl who's dated around and be like, ugh, like, gross, like, maybe you're the problem or whatever they sure, say about her. but since she's 16, she's dated, like, out in public, at least nine guys. Right. That, like, I can count it on my hand with one finger like being official. free. Yeah. <laughs> official. I know she's probably, like, been on dates, but who hasn't, like, just casually dated here and there? But 
she's dated nine people mm-hmm. that like have been her boyfriends. I know. And they have been interesting relationships to unpack. But yeah, no one is saying like, no one is talking about Taylor's relationships the same way they talk about like John Mayer's relationships, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake's. Like this line, every conquest would make me more of a boss to you. Like you can see that in all these dudes who's like, oh yeah, he's such a player. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. Like, Leo hasn't dated anyone under the age of 25 since he was 25. Yeah, LOL, his, right? His girlfriend right now is 22. <laughs> and speaking, they might be, be getting engaged. They might be Yikes. getting engaged. She's 22. Yeah. And it's like that sort of language is never applied to women and was never applied to Taylor Swift. Because it's like, I mean, even just thinking about one of the most frustrating moments in the musical industry was when Sam Smith won an award for his album or a song, and he thanked his ex for inspiring it. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2013, 2015, I think. And it echoed almost exactly Taylor yes. Swift's um, 2013 speech when she won for I Knew You Were Trouble and said, thank you to my ex who inspired the song because now I've got one of these. The headlines about these two um, statements are just so vastly different. Sam Smith was praised. Oh my gosh, he's so brave. Like, yes, way to overcome your heartbreak. Like, I'm so happy for you. Taylor Swift was shamed. Like, oh, she can't get over it. That was so nasty. That was so mean. How could she say that? That is just cruel, 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 immature. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah, well, in like 2014, when she was promoting 1989, uh, she made this comment. She said, you're gonna have people who are are gonna say, oh, you know, like, she just writes songs about her ex-boyfriends. And I think, frankly, that's very sexist angle to take. No one says that about Ed Sheeran. No one says that (laughs) about Bruno Mars, they're all writing songs about their exes, their current girlfriends, their love life, and no one raises a red flag. So Taylor has been like, we've been seeing like little pieces of her like raising her voice and like Mm -hmm. making a statement here and there. She hasn't been really out and loud and proud about it until now because it's everything's piled up. Like what else is she going to do? Yeah. And I think as women, it's like really hard to find the, um, like the energy, the confidence, the, the right moment mm-hmm. to say these sort of things because it's just like very small microaggressions, like mm-hmm. just tiny little differences in language, which Taylor pointed out in her CBS Sunday morning where she's like, the language you use for men versus women is totally yep. different. Yep. And that applies to these ideas of like, oh, if I was a man, you would think it's cool that I've dated nine guys, but because I'm a girl, you think I'm you know, the issue, the problem, a man-eater, just nasty. I think if you're a man dating nine, you'd only date nine people, they'd be like, oh, he's not <laughs> yeah. a player. Like, wow. He's Is like, he gay? Yeah. He's, like, really, like, you know, committed to finding right. the one. Yeah. Because when you, like, compare to how many people Leo's dated, how many people, like, Ryan Gosling, you know, all the Ryans have dated. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, I know. that's nothing. That's yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we go into the pre-chorus. I'd be a fierce leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes you, what's that like? Yes. And <sighs> I think this is such a great... This is something she talked about in her Vogue cover story this year where she talked about how she realized her career changed as soon as Red re- was released. And she was like, it's fine to infantilize a girl's success and say, oh, how cute. She has some hits. But as soon as she becomes a woman, as soon as she becomes formidable, as soon as she's playing stadiums, when she started to look like a woman, suddenly it wasn't cool anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something she noticed in her career. And like, yeah, she obviously is a very successful woman and she's a successful businesswoman. 
people could argue like, oh, she, what is she complaining about? She is an alpha. Like she's done so well. She's beaten. She's the top artist, blah, blah, blah. But I think she's talking about this frustration where she's had to push and push and push in a way that a man hasn't to be taken seriously. Oh yeah. You even have like during like the Kimye gate, no one believed her and (laughs) everyone was rallying around Kanye. And even with like Calvin Harris, even now Justin Bieber, like um, Scooter, Scott, there are people who are rallying around them and they're like, oh, Taylor's being, oh, she's being emotional. Yeah. She, you know, She's not thinking before she speaks. Right. Yeah. And even, like, when she sings, when everyone believes, yeah. Like, yes, the drama with Kanye. Yes, her, like, sexual assault. Yes, all these scandals. But also, just this insistence, like we talked about, is that she has to go around 13 years into her career and still insist that mm-hmm. she writes her own music. Yeah, exactly. No one believes her. I would say, I would show quotes. I would show liner notes. I would be, like... To people. these guys in my life, I'd be like, she writes her stuff, and they're like, no. And you even have, like, people who are, like, yes. co-writers with her. People have been, like, produced the album with her. Yes. They're like, no, she's written this, and they're like, no. I know. No. It is so bonkers to me. It's, it's so crazy. annoying. And then we also have, like, the Me Too movement. You know, when she was on the Time magazines for, like, Persons of the Year, a lot of people are saying, like, that she didn't deserve to be on the cover, and, you know, because mm-hmm. she didn't speak up about it. And, you know, I think that she's also making, like, this um, this movement towards Me Too. Because in her 13th lesson in L, she said, It's my opinion that in sex- cases of sexual assault, I believe the victim. Yeah. Coming forward is an agonizing thing to go through. I know because the sexual tr- assault trial was demoralizing. An awful experience. I believe victims because I know firsthand that the shame and stigma that comes with raising your hand and saying, This happened to me. We live in a world that it's really like, Oh, like... What was she wearing? Mm-hmm. What was she doing? Was she really assaulted? Right. Like, like, did she really mean yeah. yes? And then... What about him? What about him? Yeah, it's never about, like, how much did she have to drink? Like, what did she do? Mm-hmm. They don't really believe her. They don't really believe the victim. And I'm just kind of, you know, tying this all together with, like, in her whole life, it's not only about the sexual assault. It's about her songwriting. It's about her relationships. It's, you know, she's... They, all, they think she's conniving. They think she's calculated. They, mm-hmm. they think that she's, like, making these moves that nothing she's doing is really pure. Yeah. Which is sad. And I like this, though, too, that she's like, yeah, I'd be an alpha. Like, that's not necessarily, like, you know, the nicest word. It usually means, like, maybe, oh, you're, you're controlling bossy. Mm-hmm. You're, like, top of the pack. You're, you're running things. And I think this era, she's really been like, you know what? I am the alpha, and I'm not going to hide behind, like, this pretty girl face and pretend that I'm not the one in the business meetings, that I'm not the one making these decisions. Every great, like, moment in my career is because I pushed back against dudes who were telling me I had it wrong. 1989 is a prime example. No one wanted her to go pop. No one wanted her to not put her face on the album, her name on the album, the cover art. And so it's like she's finally just being like, I'm sick of dudes trying to tell me I don't know how to run my business when I've been running my business since day one. Yeah, she went out there as a little (laughs) 13-year-old. She went to all these studios. Like, granted, she did have help from her family. She was freaking minor, 13 years old. Um, But yeah, she's been calling the shots for Mm -hmm. much longer. Yeah, and I think this, like, criticism of, like, oh, you're still privileged, you had a rich dad, yes, but she was still the 13-year-old who made the PowerPoint that is, like, I want you guys to move to Nashville, Yeah, you know? it wasn't, like, her mom being, or her dad being, like, we gotta move, we gotta move, right. we gotta move. She was the one that was, like, pushing for it. Yeah, and I think 
like obviously she's privileged but i think she's semi-aware of that to a degree like Mm -hmm. like she knows she's lucky to have gotten to where she is but she also knows she put her skin in the game to get her to where she is Mm -hmm. definitely and in the chorus i'm so sick of running as fast as i can wondering if i'd get there quicker if i was a man and i'm so sick of them court coming at me again because if i was a man then i'd be the man I'd be the man. Yeah. I'd be the man. <laughs> yeah. Um, one criticism I read about this song is that they felt like it sort of fell into the you need to calm down camp where it's like, okay, if I was a the man, then I'd be the man. That's not really saying much. That's not offering much insight. It's sort of a simplistic statement. Like, what do you think of that? <laughs> like, it's, like, that it's just redundant and simplistic? Yeah. I mean, I just... She's already making such a huge statement with other lyrics and other right. points of the song. I just think it's, like, a great catchy. Like, mm-hmm. if I was a man, then I'd be the man. Yes. I'd be... I wouldn't be the number one female artist. I'd be the number one artist. Yeah, like, She wouldn't uh, be characterized as female like right I, that's always so i always get like a little annoyed when it's like right. she's the number one top streamed female <laughs> artist i'm like oh i can't wait till she's the number one top streamed artist yes like, we don't need to really like look at her always. gender right because they're always bringing up her gender mm-hmm. like oh she's great for a girl yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but one thing that i really you know I've, this week i've been streaming and watching um, the marvelous mrs Maisel. have you seen it <laughs> i haven't i can't get oh my into gosh it. you, it's so good so it's about this woman who um is going through you know problems with her marriage and her husband was trying to be a comedian and then she's actually the one who's pushing him to do it and then just through like how their marriage falls apart she is she becomes a comedian and one thing that i thought that i that was really funny is that not funny but she's like doing all of these um things that other comedians do back in, like, the 50s, but she's getting arrested for it. Right. She's in, um, she's she's at her arraignment, you know, the judge is there, and she makes, like, an off-colored comment, and she's, like, this really prim, proper white woman, and he's just, like, appalled that this woman would say such stuff like this, and she has to really, like, fight to get up and to have people listen to her and have her really, you know, people take her seriously, right. and one thing that I thought was shocking was there's Jane Lynch was a character like I had a guest spot <laughs> and she was a comic as well but she was a totally different person on stage like she like wore a fat suit she acted dumb and then uh, this woman goes to Jane Lynch's apartment and she opens the door and you know Jane has like it's like kind of looks like a 1950s housewife has this prim proper accent she doesn't talk like a hillbilly she doesn't have a fat suit and she's like no one wants to see this me they don't want to see this polished per- person right. so I put on an act and because she's a woman and it's just you know we've been fighting for this since day one and this yeah. is just kind of like you know we're all running putting on like <laughs> acts or trying to be what yes. people think we need to be yeah I mean it makes sense that Taylor would push this for a single just because mm-hmm. it's universally chantable like every yeah. woman in the universe no matter how much they like or dislike Taylor Swift can pump a fist to if I was a man, then I'd be the man. Yeah, and they're just so sick of running, you know, because, you know, they'd get there quicker. Yeah. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again because if I was a man, I'd be the man. I know I've said that over again, but it's just, I don't know. It's one thing that um, I've been thinking about as I, like, in my career is, you know, there was a point in my career where I was like, where is this going? Where am I, like, what career path am I going down? I was talking to my managers about it, and they kind of just, like, looked at me like, whoa, like, we've never had anyone really, like, 
Like, why are you asking? Why are you asking? And my husband was like, why are you worried about this? He's like, I was like, because. I was, and I was singing the song. I was like, because if I was a man, they wouldn't be questioning this. He's right. like, but your whole department, it's female. I'm like, yes, but if I was a man, they'd be like, oh, she wants to know where her career path is right. going. So it's just so relatable. It is. Yeah, and she's really coming at, you know, gender inequality. And I've said that from the beginning since the Me Music video, before the man was even teased, she's having all these different platforms without within her, just this whole era. Right. And that's one of them. But, do you have any comments? <laughs> no, I love that. Okay. I, I think it leads perfectly into the next Verse part. Two, they'd say, I hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much <laughs> of this I deserve. What I was wearing, if I was rude, could all be separated from my good ideas and power moves. Mm-hmm. And they would toast to me, oh, let the players play. I'd be just like Leo and Saint-Tropez. Yes. This is probably the most quoted verse especially because of the Leo line, which mm-hmm. is clever and so much fun. Yeah. But I also think she's saying a lot of important stuff in here. Um, I think the indignance in her voice when she's like, they'd say I'd hustled, put in the work. Because um, so often Taylor and a lot of female artists are just like, well, it's because your dad was rich. It's because mm-hmm. you're white. It's because you're pretty. And that's all true. But they're not saying that when Justin Bieber rolls up after his YouTube moment or whatever. They're not saying that when Justin Timberlake is, like, singing his song about dumping Britney Spears or whatever. Like, they're not trying to whittle away men's accomplishments because of their privilege, but they're so quick to do it with women, and it's so frustrating. Well, on Bieber's behalf, he mm-hmm. was not raised in a wealthy family. Right, right, right. He's worked. He went on YouTube. <laughs> he uploaded his videos. Yeah. He put in the work and he hustled. He did. He got there. And there's telling him he did. And yeah. you know what? It's like, yes, there's levels of privilege there. But the point is, it's just annoying to see the difference in how people talk about men versus women mm-hmm. in the industry. And yet they're so quick to be like, oh, no, it's no, I'm not like that. I don't I don't I didn't mean it like that. It's just she's privileged. It's just her dad was rich. Her dad invested in her company. And mm-hmm. so now that's why she's Taylor Swift. And it's like, do you know how many rich, white, pretty girls there are who would like to be Taylor Swift and who do not end up being Taylor Swift? Oh, yeah. They don't. No. And Something's they have, like, rich, changed they have there. rich dads are yeah. trying to get there. Um, and one thing that I found very interesting is because, you know, she talks about how, you know, they're wondering what she's wearing. Oh, she was rude. She's not answering these questions. She's being very flippant. You know, they're focusing more on her appearance and, like, just such trivial aspects. Mm-hmm. And her good, I think when she has good ideas or she does have her power moves, they're looking more of, like, the intent, like, with the Apple Music or Spotify. They're like, oh, she already makes so much yes. money. Why is she doing this? Like, she makes money. Or even with, like, ticket prices. Like, I, I've seen Swifties. I might have thought of it myself. Like, Taylor has so much money. Why are tickets so expensive? She literally could pay for everything out of pocket just like that. But, you know, like, yeah. these are, like, the fact that she did boosting was probably a good power move on her half right. because she's getting more of the money. But, you know, a lot of people are being like, why is she being so stingy? Why is she being so selfish? But with the guy doing it, I don't think they would have said that. Oh, yeah. They, no, not at no. all. They would be like, oh, Apple Music, that's so great. You know, um, artists are going to get more money. You know, they're going to get more of, like, what they what they work so hard for. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tickets are going to, the, the money's going to go to Taylor and her band and her production. And, you know, like, kind of like what you've talked about. All the people that go on to putting on the show, they'd be like, oh, she really cares about her staff. Right. Like, he, he really cares about his staff and people mm-hmm. who work underneath them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's probably one of the most annoying things as women is, like, this idea that 
people are so much more willing to kind of, um, like Taylor said, separate her good ideas, power moves from if they like her as a person. And it's just so much harder for men to get around that. They're like, oh, I don't like blank. And you're like, why? And they're like, oh, I just, she's just so annoying. Her yeah. voice grates, like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I'm here. And then you turn around and they're like, oh, Kanye is saying slavery was a choice. He's wearing a Trump hat. Like, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, but I like his music. Like, yep. he's just having a hard time. Like, blah, blah, blah. And that all may be true, yeah. but you're not willing to make the same excuses for mm-hmm. a problematic female. They'll still listen to his music. Right. Like, oh, I'm, just, I'm separate. Yeah. I like his music. I just don't like him as a person. Exactly. It's like. I was reading about the John Mayer stuff of, like, I, I don't remember why, but I came across, like, this play, he did this Playboy article in, like, 2010, mm-hmm. which was absolutely bonkers, mm-hmm. and he did get sort of shamed for it. He took some heat, but then I read this review that was like, yes, reading this, I'm not sure if he's, one, joking, be trying to get a rise of people, or is really just this much of a tool. Regardless, he's a talented songwriter, singer, and musician. And it's like... I have never in my life seen a think piece about Taylor Swift. And she was canceled over a phone call, yeah, you know? Yeah. She didn't come out with some racist, like, sexist, bonkers article in Playboy. And people were like, wow, she's very problematic. Mm-hmm. It was just, they finally had something that they could say, oh, I don't like her as a person. She's sort of annoyed me so long. So now I'm going to take this phone call and just, like, run with it. And Kim tweeted something, so I'm going to run with it. And now we can cancel her. And it's like... No, like sit back and check your like sexism there because there is a distinct difference in how we're willing to separate the art from the artist when they're a man, but we're totally willing to project our annoyance with a female onto their art and their artistry. Well, didn't Woody Allen have issues like this too? <laughs> like Woody Allen has had, you know, people have talked about him, oh, but yeah, people still, a... they still are in his movies. They yeah. still watch his shows and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, but his, his work is so good. Mm-hmm. So he's even thinking about like, people that oh, yeah. it's just it's not only like musicians it's just everybody yeah i mean too. winona Ryder was canceled because she shoplifted but then you have literal rapists like Chris, serial yeah. creeps mm-hmm. just having their go at it and yeah. it's just like that sentiment right there is something i could write a treatise on it's just so frustrating and that shall be <laughs> yes, exactly. i like you know i like when we when she says i'd be just like leo and saint Tropez because a lot of people if you google leo and saint Tropez, <laughs> you see that he throws yearly galas in saint Tropez and he raises fun, funds mm-hmm. for environmental causes for his leonardo dicaprio foundation and he was once um you know just a lot of people um, praised him for riding, you know, going on a commercial flight there one time mm-hmm. in 2017. So people, like, kind of, like, praise him. But then, like, he's also in Santa Fe, like, flocking around with models and, like, having tons of, like, you know, hot little things running around. <laughs> and he's, like, he is sometimes flying his private jet there, you know, just partying up. And people are just like, oh, Leo's the man. He's awesome. He's the man. And But if Taylor... She has been. Tam throws a big party and she has all of her friends over. And even if she's, like, hosting a gala, she's giving money to, like, the LGBT committees. She's, you know, helping a little girl out with cancer. Like, even those kind of things are like, oh, hmm. Yeah. Taylor, like, what's the motive behind that? Mm -hmm. Look at her friends. She's flaunting these thin uh, white models who are, you know, you can you can't achieve that body type in front of everybody, but then you have Leo doing the same thing yeah. with like these females, and no one's like oh, right. 
Read the headlines about Leo versus yeah. the headlines of Taylor Swift's 2016 Fourth yeah. of July party. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, Leo's raising money yeah. for like environmental health." I'm like, "Yeah, but he has his own private yeah. jet too." Like, it, I don't know. And Leo's just been like a bachelor, and mm-hmm. he's been playing the field for like most of his mm-hmm. life. And it, people have called him out on it, but it's but in a playful way. In a playful way, when you think of Leo, it's just like, "Oh, he just hasn't found the one." Yeah, yet. yeah. It's like. The jokes about him at the Academy Awards, at the at the Oscars, whatever, are different than the ones that they threw at Taylor when she was being mocked for, oh, keep your sons away from her, like, she'll write a song about, like, no. But and Leo getting game is more, like, prideful, like, oh, yeah, you're... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I wish you. I was Leo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think this verse also does a good job of sort of circumventing this concern that what does Taylor have to complain about she is successful? Because what she says here isn't, like, I would be more successful if I was a man. She's saying, you guys wouldn't be questioning how much of this I deserve if I was a man. And that's like such an important distinction because she knows she's very well off. She's very successful in her industry. Mm -hmm. But she's saying what's annoying is the perception of her. What's annoying is that you're questioning her reputation. You're questioning her worth, her Mm -hmm. value, and like how she got to where she is instead of just owning, allowing her to own the fact that she was the boss that made this happen. Exactly. And so the boss goes into her course again. <laughs> I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quick if I was a man. I'm so sick of them coming at me again, because if I was a man, then I'd be the man. And this is a bridge. Mm. What's it like to brag about raking in dollars and getting bitches and models, and it's all good if you're bad, and it's okay if you're mad? If I was out flashing my dollars, I'd be a bitch, not a baller. They paint me out to be bad, so it's okay that I'm mad. <laughs> yes. That's such a good... That is, like, blank space level mm-hmm. of, like, just clever lyrics and plays mm-hmm. and stuff. And I just, I could sit there and unpack it just line by line. It took me a while to realize, like, I think it was, like, maybe a couple of lessons to realize that, like, at first I thought she was still talking about, like, if I was a man, I'd be flashing my dollars. And then I was like, I'd be a bitch and a, not a baller. It kind of took me a while that she was like, oh, this is what a man, yeah. this is a female. I love that use of the bitches. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was so smart because... I mean, first of all, in her first part of the bridge, she's like, oh, you're getting bitches and models, which is a way men describe Mm -hmm. derogatorily about women, where it's like, oh, those bitches, like, yes, go get that ass, you know? (laughs) And then she turns it again and is like, here's the other way you guys use that word, Mm -hmm. where if I was out doing the same thing you guys are doing, if I was confident, if I was owning my sexuality, I'd be a bitch. And so it's just inverting this way that men perceive women, where it's either an object or it's someone that they're annoyed by. Mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. like, she's pointing out, again, this like standard among men where they're allowed to talk about women and how women affect their lives and how they interact with women. But then she's like, you guys are still labeling me according to your like wishes, needs, wants of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. And I just also kind of like how, you know, like, like, she was just talking about Leo, about how Leo is, like, getting bitches and then models, and he's out there, like, on his yacht, in Saint-Tropez, like, throwing these big, like, galas, mm-hmm. even just, like, jet-setting around the world. But if Taylor was to do the exact same thing, like we said, she'd be a bitch, and she'd be bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she'd be mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a great little, like, um like, sister piece to I think I did something bad and Mm -hmm. some of her angst and reputation or even blank space where she's singing about, like, 
do you guys not understand how like frustrating this is that you're not allowing me to have the same emotional experience that you guys are because you've projected something onto me that I I didn't always help create and so I think it's like great that she gets to like sort of sing her heart out here and Mm -hmm. just talk less about like maybe how her gender has affected opportunities but more how it's shaped the way people talk about her definitely imagine her as a man i could yeah. probably like, good looking tall buff and she'd be getting everyone and everything and they'd be like oh yeah yeah it's what it's what she does it's what he does yeah and you know what it is okay that she's mad and i think yeah it's okay that women are mad and i think that is a very good sentiment to put in this song because yeah taylor swift is not writing an ode to you know um women being paid 52 cents on the dollar or you she's not directly addressing like sexual assault or the Mm -hmm. me too movement but she's saying like ladies like we can all be furious at this and we can shout about it and talk about it because otherwise it is not going to change yeah i like how she does all in the song because there's a little like hints here and there towards the me too movement towards gender inequality but it's it's packed so much, and it's very, like she said, it's catchy, it's witty, it's mm-hmm. such a good song, and it's not, just not too much thrown yeah. at your face. If there was too much in this one song, right. it would just be a, I, a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But you can read into a little bit, and then <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, there's a little nod to this, yeah. gender inequality, me too, you know, just the unbalances of the whole <laughs> yeah. system. And, like, one of the complaints I get on Twitter with this song is like, Taylor, you know, you're singing about, like, wishing you could spend more money and be a millionaire on a yacht, but people are dying, and, like, there's, (laughs) women are starving in Africa, and it's like, if she wrote a song about women starving in Africa, you guys would be mad about her doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's singing about her experience, and her point in this song is not, like, I have it so hard. It's about, like, wow, guys, have you ever thought about how differently you're perceiving me just because of my gender? You wouldn't be making that comment if I was <laughs> yeah. a man. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then the very end of it is just the chorus. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. I really like the end of it because it, it goes, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. You know that. Yes. I'm so sick of them coming at me again. Come, come at, at me, me again. again. She's like, come on. Yeah, come. do it. Do it. Because if I was a man, if I was a man, and then it just kept on like, yes, I'd, be, I'd the be the man. I just really like... It's like a yeah. motivational chant. It's like, yes, I'd be the man, I'd be the man, I'd be the man, I'd be the man. Make me a man! <laughs> yeah. 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 So I like it. It's, it's a good. good one. It's my seal of approval. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely been a fun one to go back to, and like, do you still rank it pretty high in your mm-hmm. lover list? Yeah, top five, I think. Oh, yeah. Definitely top five. I mm. really like it. And yes. I'm telling you, every single time I before before I got canned, um, blessing in disguise, I was like, I'd blast that out. Uh-huh. And my husband would be like, okay. <laughs> but my husband does like the song. Yeah. Like, because I know Taylor said to Ryan Seacrest, like, if guys are like, I don't get the song. It's like, maybe you should listen to it. Maybe more. you should listen to it. So after I heard her say that to, like, Ryan, I was like, <laughs> do you like the song? And he didn't know. He hadn't heard this. He's like, yeah. I like it. Yeah, good. Good. Cause I was like, an annulment. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you guys should all um, say yes to this song, but mm-hmm. I guess we should get into our new segment of the day. Yeah. Should have said nope. Should have said nope. This is going to be kind of the tea time of the day. <laughs> um, it falls very closely under 
Loverfest and the yes. tickets. It all wraps up nicely. It wraps up nicely, and I'm very interested in hearing Shelby's perspective mm. about this because we mm-hmm. both have tweeted, tweeted. No, we both have texted about it just yeah. a little bit, but we haven't really like kind of yeah. divulged. So just as a reminder, for should have said nope. Um, yeah, we want to take a popular semi-viral tweet, something that's gotten a lot of attention in the Swifty Dumb. And sort of talk about whether or not the person who tweeted should have said nope before hitting send. <laughs> yeah, and this is really um, Swifty on Swifty yeah, drama. Is, yeah. So it's not like Scooter, it's not Taylor, it's more of yeah. the drama this we is create. In the family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a, a Swifty, a fan, um, you know, ask for money for her rent mm. on GoFundMe. Yeah. I have not been on Twitter as much. I am more heavily on the Instagram. And so I was going through, I don't, have you heard of the, the Tay Onion uh-huh. account? It's hilarious. It's a parody, kind of like the Onion <laughs> yeah. on Taylor stuff. And, um, it, she, he, they had posted something about like the budget cuts because, <laughs> you know, everything's so expensive. And I was reading the comments because I find them hilarious. And someone commented and said, did you hear about the girl who asked for rent money and then ended up buying lover tickets with it? Oh, and I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. And so I headed over to Twitter. Twitter, to, uh, Twitter was a fire yeah. with this story. And you were here. You were like <clears throat> in, you were live. In the trenches. You were in yeah. the trenches. I just kind yeah. of searched for yeah. it. I mean, yeah. What did you Bless say? her soul. Like, um, she has been caught in a few scandals, either tangentially, directly, anyways. So, yeah, people are quick to kind of. I think that affects people's reactions sometimes mm-hmm. because she's a controversial or just talked about blog or account. So I think people were ready to jump mm-hmm. at first chance, which is part of the should have said nope of it all. But she did earlier in the week tweet about needing some help with rent money. Yeah. And before, had a GoFundMe. Before, before tickets came tickets. out. And yeah. then... On the first day of um, Loverfest release, when everyone was freaking out, stressed out, she says, OMG, who am I seeing? LA night one on the floor. Yeah. And she was trying to get pit tickets. Uh, She wanted pit for night two. And so instantly, people were subtweeting. They were screenshotting, being like, Mm -hmm. and the story just exploded like a fire. It it sort of snowballed. it kind of got out of hand where people were like, oh, she must have used her her GoFundMe to pay for these tickets. Did she even need rent money? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, she had to get on and kind of explain, like, go F yourself. Like, no, I didn't do that. I needed help with rent money. I'm, like, low on cash right now. People are helping me with the tickets. Like, stop making me explain things to you. It's none of your business. It was a whole, it was a whole deal. Well, like, and everyone, they were being, like, really vulgar to her too like one said f you bitch i'm gonna kill you (laughs) and then someone was like i donated money to you where's my money back this is a scam you're a liar and there was a lot of things that were going on while people were tweeting yeah she tweeted no one paid my rent that's just the thing i addressed the people that helped me and my rent is all accounted for the moment then she was like leave me the f alone my finances (laughs) are none of your damn business. Yes, I asked for money. Yes, I have all my rent money in my savings. And yes, I bought one ticket called the <laughs> F down. Um, yeah. And she was wondering, like, how am I scamming the um, people? I'm not even using the money people sent for rent, um, you know, for the tickets. She said that she's paying yeah. um, for the tickets on a credit card. 
check these are the facts. It's a messy situation. It's very it's, messy. Because on one hand, like, yes, um, I can totally see where you are strapped for cash. You can't get rent. Maybe you send out a plea for help. And then it just so happens she's excited about a concert that's a year away. And she knows she has to get tickets now. And maybe she found a way to get tickets. And it's like, mm, it's tricky. To me, the yeah. answer is to just not ask strangers for money. But that's my take on GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is that is a, a good take. <laughs> so some of her friends came to her defense and, you know, they spread some light on it. Yeah. And they had said a group of us pitched in to help her get a Loverfest ticket so that we could all go together. None of that is anyone else's business. For the love of God, stop tearing each other down. <laughs> and so yeah. um, Jill, she actually posted this. You know, she kind of pulled a Taylor Swift moment and she wrote Gotta get those notes out. Yeah. That's a sign she, of an apology. That definitely is. Let me see if I can open up my, my notes app. She said, I'm sorry to all those I hurt in this situation. I never meant for it to go down this way. I want to say that to the three people that donated, thank you. And I appreciate you for everything. I've addressed them and apologized. The money that I had been sent to me has never been used for anything other than rent. It's currently sitting in my bank account now. I did initially pay for my own ticket, but I luckily had friends that were willing to split it, so I didn't use my own money. I'm sorry you all think of me <laughs> this way, but I never took advantage of anyone. And once we clear and clear the air, I'm so sorry. Furthermore, it isn't really okay to blame me online. It is affecting my mental health, so please... Think before you say something hurtful. Should have said no. Should have said no. <laughs> don't say anything hurtful. Yeah. And, you know, maybe don't ask for money online. But maybe if you didn't donate to it, then it doesn't right. affect doesn't, you. Yeah. If you didn't donate, it doesn't affect you. If you did donate, then maybe that's a conversation you need to have. Right. Do you need to tell someone that you're <laughs> going to kill them? No. No. That's a definite should have said no. Yeah. And, like, the subtweeting and the drama and the... The, the sort of nastiness, yeah. It it can get it can get out of hand, and it's like, I mean, Taylor Swift. Not to pull this like seven of the daylight and let it go nonsense, because I think some people aren't above some, you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't have done this. But I don't think we have to resort to cruelty, and it's like people are so quick to get nasty online. Oh, they are. And it's like, like for instance, if you disagree with our reading of So It Goes, that's fine. But you don't have to say, like, go choke, you know? Yeah. It's, like, I get that it's maybe a funny situation and, like, you want to tweet about it because it's funny, but it's also, like, there's real people involved and you're just adding, you know, fuel to the fire mm-hmm. and it can get out of hand real fast in our in our oh, community, gosh. unfortunately. It can be. It can be. <laughs> <sighs> I think my verdict there is a person who said, I'm going to kill you should have said no. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah. I think there's a lot of should have said nopes to there's go around. There's a lot around. of should have said nopes. Um, it's a, it was a messy situation, and it, it, a lot of things went into it. And I think if uh, if she had maybe uh, resisted the frenetic energy with which she approached her excitement over the tickets, then maybe people wouldn't have been so quick to be like, wait, I thought you were strapped for cash. Why yeah. are you buying the most expensive tickets right yeah. now? But also, like, if she is just using her credit card... She right, just it's make none of that, our business. It's none of our business for finances. If I donated to her, yeah. then that's my business. I'm like, wait, yeah. I just gave you $200. Where yeah. is that going for, to her lover ticket? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would have responded as heavily as I as she would have. That's... Right. Exactly. Everyone should have said no. Yep. Verdict. Yep, yep, yep. yep. 
Definitely. Oh, but I mean, yeah, this is a great episode. We're so excited. Um, We have a few fun things coming up in the woodwork. So be sure to follow us on Mm -hmm. Twitter at SwiftishPod13, Instagram at SwiftishPodcast, Tumblr, we're there. Facebook, we're there. You can always send us an email, swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the man, maybe some of the Twitter drama that came out of Loverfest. But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, you know what? You are the man. Yeah. <laughs>